Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Jill and Ralph Batesh, dedicated in honor of the rabbis and the entire Edmund J. Safra staff for the beautiful Purim programs and Seudot. Hazaku Baruch to Jessica, Hazaku Baruch to Haron, Hazaku Baruch to Robin, Hazaku Baruch to the security staff, Hazaku Baruch to all the rabbis. Uh, it was very special. Thank God. Baruch Hashem. Uh, this week of Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. We also like to welcome uh, my son-in-law is back here from studying in Eretz Israel, uh, Yoshua Cohen. Uh, he's here with us this morning. Azaku Baruch, Baruchim Abayim. Welcome back here for the wedding tomorrow. We're looking forward to seeing everybody at the wedding tomorrow, uh, six o'clock reception tomorrow, seven o'clock. Seven, seven o'clock chupa, um, Be'ezrat Hashem. <clears throat> okay, the Pasuk says, Any uh, animal, any uh, insect that is holech al gachon, that goes on its stomach, okay? V'chol holech al arba, and any that goes on four legs, ad kol marbeir aglaim, until, or including all the Insects that have marberaglaim, many legs. Lechol to all the animals that are uh, creeping and crawling on the earth. Lotochelum, you shall not eat them. Kisheketz who because because they are shekets and mishukats. They're set aside for uh, you know to be pushed away to not be to, to not be uh, eaten. My friends, they give a mashal. On this pasuk, you know, there's a, a baby camel, turns to his mother, and the baby camel says, you know, Ma, I don't understand. Why is it that we have such long eyelashes? So the camel says to the baby camel, the reason is because when we're going in the desert, so there's all the dust in the air, all the sand, so it gets caught in the long hairs of the of the eyelashes, and it protects our eyes from all the sand of the desert. He says, okay, well, how can we have such interesting legs? They're long and skinny, and the, the shape of the split of the hoof. And the, the mother says to the baby, baby uh, camel, because we have to walk in the sand, and the sand is very, uh, di- gets displaced easily, so you need a wide base for the foot to stand. And also because of the dunes, the way it is, we need to have long and skinny legs so we can pull our legs up and out, but it doesn't require as much strength to lift a heavy leg like you have on a horse. Oh, very interesting. And what's with these humps on the back? Oh, this is for traveling the long distances across the desert. We store in the humps, we store the fat. It allows us to, uh, to, be, to sustain, to go for many days without sustenance because you know, you're in the desert, you can't find anything. And the, the kid's nodding his head, the baby camel. So the mother says, you have any more questions? So the baby camel says to him, the only one. If we have these eyelashes, and we have these feet, and we have these humps for all these reasons, what the heck are we doing in a zoo? <laughs> now, it's a little cute joke. But the point behind the joke is anything but cute. The Pasuk here is telling you that Boreh Olam in his infinite wisdom, he created some animals, you think about this, some animals have no legs, a snake, an eel, like, you know, eel type, a worm. How do they move? They move literally by turning their bodies 
into S shapes, and the movement, the muscles of the stomach, pushes the animal forward. They don't need any legs. Then Hashem decides, you know, He's sitting there at the drawing board making all the animals. Some animals, they need two legs. <laughs> Kangaroo walks around on two legs. Right? Hazaku Baruch. Then you have an animal like a cow. Hashem's like, you know what? Give that one four legs. And then comes along the Marber Aglaim, the many-legged creature. Rashi says, very interesting, Vikorin Tzintapaid. He writes in ancient French. Centipede. It has legs across both sides of its body from its head till its tail. What in the world? Why would God create animals with so many variances? How come you and I, we don't crawl on our bellies? How come we walk on two legs? How come that animal has four? How come this one has split hooves? How come this one has wide legs? The, the goat, it needs to be able to jump from high place to high place. It has a certain type of a foot. You have a fish that lives at the bottom of the ocean. The fish needs to be able to have a breathing apparatus that doesn't require it ever to go to the surface because if it took the time to go to the surface every time it needed to breathe, it would be distant from its source of food, which is primarily at the bottom of the ocean. Every fish, every bird, every animal is created and designed with exactly the type of thing that it needs in order to be able to get its sustenance or to be able to live the life that it lives. Now, if you're someone who's fascinated by many things, I find these documentaries on animals, I find them to be fascinating. They're so interesting to me. You know, how this animal, the reason why it, uh, it's this way is because primarily the main person, the main animal that hunts it, hunts it in the, in the, what's it called, in the wild. It was created with this kind of a skin color or this kind of a fur color because that makes it blind only to who? To its primary source uh, of, uh, what's it called, uh, of the, uh, the primary hunter in the wild. How HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates every animal in this way is remarkable. But my friends, there's a tremendous danger to the varying ways God creates all the animals. I want you to imagine that you have a cheetah. A cheetah we know is the fastest land animal. It can travel at speeds of almost up to 70 miles an hour. Right? Imagine a cheetah decides he's going to climb. You know, it's fast. It's good. But it's not fast enough. I want to be cheetah Usain Bolt. Okay? So he sees a bird swooping down. He decides this is it. That that's the way to do it. Climbs to the top of a tree. Jumps off the tree just like the bird. With Al Yisrael, with Israel, with everybody else, by himself. But Kadish, Khalas, the guy's dead. You take a bird, right, that decides instead of flying to catch its prey, it wants to run on the ground. You know, a, a, an eagle looks at an ostrich and he says, Shuf, this guy with his long legs, Ya'eni, if only I'm going to run like that. That's how I'm going to catch my. That guy's going to be dead before he finds anything. He has legs this big, but he has wings that wide. HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates every animal with its unique purposes, with its specific elements, in order for it to do the job that it needs, in order for it to get the sustenance from life that it needs. My friends, although human beings 
do not look as widely or variant, uh, as widely variant one from the other and varied one from the other. You don't see a human being that has 64 legs. You don't see a human being with wings. But human beings are exactly the same. Some of us were designed to operate close to the ground with short legs. Not make a lot of noise. That's how we succeed. Some of us were designed, actually no, to stand very tall and to be seen. You have a rabbi who gives classes in public, everyone listens, everyone is inspired. His primary way of communication is through spectacle, is through noise, is through talking to the masses. Then you have some people, the opposite. They don't want anyone to see them ever. And they get everything done under the radar because they're not busy with a lot of people and asking for 16 opinions. They go and they get something done. They fly low. You need this one and you need this one. Just as their faces are different, so too are there, uh, is there, what's it called? Is there process of thinking, their thought process is different. God decided to make people facially different. He decided to make people knowledgeably in their process of knowledge and understanding different. Why? Because it is impossible for this world to exist without all the various different types of human beings that are in it. I was just watching a video yesterday, you know, about the funeral of uh, Rav Chaim Karievsky. And they bury the Sarah Torah in, the, uh, in his plot. And you see people pushing and pushing, you know, and trying to get closer. Of course, everyone's watching it, terrified. Shema Yisrael, what happens if there's another tramp- trampling episode? You know, we're all worried, we're all praying. But I noticed you have some people shoving. And you have some people jumping on top of graves. Do you see this? Yeah? And you have some people going around the whole other side, running like this. Like ants, they're running between the graves, like they're coming around the other side, you know, going under the fence, around the fence, over the fence. And I thought to myself, this is, never mind if it's right or wrong. Just look at all the different ways human beings have of getting to their desired goal. This one is using Ele Barechev, Ele Basusim. This one does it, you know, he gets a car directly to the spot, Ele Barechev. Then you have another guy, he's kicking and pushing like a horse. This one comes along and says, I'm a big rabbi, you have to let me through. Right? Everybody has another way, another path to the goal. And the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu designed you is the specific way in which you're supposed to operate. If, if you take an eagle, or if, excuse me, if you take a camel and you stick it in a zoo, he has the most comfortable life in the world. They feed it at 8, at 11, at one, at three, at five, everyone comes, they throw him peanuts, best life ever. He doesn't need to be in the, in the, in the what's it called, in the desert. He doesn't need to be schwitzing 150 degrees. He doesn't need to wonder when he's going to be able to drink. Hada has a pool right there. He don't even need his humps, this guy, okay? It seems like a comfortable existence. There's only one downside for this camel in captivity. And the downside is that he's not a camel. He's not a camel. His humps have no purpose. His legs have no purpose. His eyelashes, no purpose. My friends, when a person is living this life 
and they're living this life by imitating another person, it might be a beautiful life. It might be very comfortable. Things might work out. But you, the person that you are, you're not a camel. You're not Avi Oster. You're not you. Powerful. In a, in a certain level, if you're acting or reacting in a way which belongs to another person, the entire purpose for your creation is being undermined. My friends, there's nothing more mishukats, more disgusting, than a gachon person trying to walk on legs. Or a four-legged person trying to walk like a centipede. It's looking at Borei Olam's gifts and saying, God, you don't know what you're doing. What that means is, when a person looks at the way that they were created by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the life circumstances that they were created with by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they live a very different life. They accomplish very different things. And they give this gift to the community, the gift that is them. I want to share a powerful idea. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, unfortunately, he suffered the loss of a child. And as he's burying his child, his wife comes to him and says, are you burying a chicken? Why are you not crying? You hear this? Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa says, Gam shikul banim. Gam Ivaron. What do you want? You want me to lose children and be blind? Rashi says, what does it mean and be blind? Because a person who cries excessively, it, it ruins the person's eyesight. So he says, you want me to have this child that's lost and also to lose my eyesight? Yeah, I need to be crying nonstop. Hadji, I have one difficult thing, I don't need another. So that's why he's not crying excessively. But the Mifarshim give another understanding. I want to help maybe explain it for one, for one second. You know, I don't know if you ever had this before. You ever walking in the street and all of a sudden someone slaps you on the back like drach. You turn around, your hands are up, you want to punch the guy in the face. And then all of a sudden you see, it's one of your best friends from your childhood that haven't seen you in 15 years. Bomo, what do you do? Oh my God. You were going to punch him a second ago. I remember, I have one of my closest friends in the world. is Johnny Moradoff in London. Anyway, he's a funny guy. We have such jokes together. One day I see him deep on the phone in a conversation. Walking down uh, Vivian Avenue, I think it was. Okay? Maybe it was Queens. I don't remember. I think it was Queens Road or Vivian Avenue. He's walking towards a train to go to work. And we always joked around with each other. We always had a good time. So I knew that he was so involved in the phone call that I could pull off this prank. I run across the street. And as, and as he's walking, I grab the phone from his ear, like, to, like as if I'm stealing his phone to run away. He was so surprised. His fist went up like this. And he's about to punch me, and then all of a sudden he sees me, and the two of us just start crying from laughter. 
But what happens in that split second when you turn around to punch the guy in the face? Right? And you turn into that into a big hug. You're ready to punch a guy in the face? You turn turn into a, a big joke, you're laughing together. You know what you know what it is? The difference is who hit you on the back? <clears throat> if it's a regular guy, you deck him. If it's your best friend, you hug him. Says Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa to his wife, we've lost a child. Gam shikul banim, gam ivaron. You want me to turn around and not see who it was that gave me the slap? I know, I sense, I feel that this comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore I'm not crying. In this week's parasha, we are exposed to this concept. Aaron HaKohen loses his two children, Vayidom Aaron, and Aaron remains quiet. How does Aaron remain quiet? Is the suffering not huge? Is the slap not painful? And the answer is it is. But he could also see who it is that gave it to him and understand through that that this is Borei Olam's plan for me. I don't understand it, but I know it's only for my best and for their best. Gam shikul banim, gam ivaron. My friends, the guy who walks on many legs yeah, looks at the guy with the two legs and thinks, wow, look at how high he is off the ground. <laughs> Right? The guy walking on the stomach, going like this on the stomach, right? Looks at the guy with the legs, with the little legs, and he says, Wow, look at how high he is off the ground. We have a chain reaction, a chain link of people all looking at each other, thinking how wonderful it must be to be you. And the crazy thing is, in this circle of life, that comment, how wonderful it is to be you, goes all the way around and there's someone else looking at your life saying how wonderful it is to be you but the challenge is unfortunately that we never see our own advantages we never see our own elements of growth and we never see the reason for our own suffering when the gachon the one that travels on the ground realizes again that he is closest to his source of prey what does a snake eat? Mice. What does a hawk eat? Mice. So yes, the hawk flies very high, but who lives near the fridge? A snake does. If the gachon was able to notice and see in the plan for him, in the things that he's supposed to get in life, the limitations that I have were designed to be able to put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. Let me share this with you. Every visionary, every visionary, every creative, on some level, is born with a character flaw. And what is the character flaw of the inspired creative, of the visionary leader? That they are delusional. They're disconnected from reality. The only reason why they can achieve what they can achieve is because they cannot see that in, 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 in reality you can't do that. 
Bottom line, you're never going to be able to do that. You won't be able to start the synagogue. You won't be able to build the community. You won't be able to make an iPad. You won't be able to do this. That can't be done. This is impossible. It's too expensive. It's too this. It's too that. All these other people, they're not wrong. But the visionary is delusional. And his delusion is his gift and his curse. And the person who can see reality clearly, he really gets it. He knows or she knows everything. They understand that is a gift and a curse. And the question between the kite and the anchor is that in our world, so many kites that are supposed to be flying up there, not worried about all the problems, but thinking creatively, expansively, worrying about the vision forward, not worrying about the details. So many of those people, they get jobs in the detail world. They get anchor jobs. And they're miserable. And so many anchors whose job is to be able to figure out the kinks, to figure out the elements, the problems, and work through the issues. So many anchors are trying to be kites. And everybody's miserable. The journey of a person's life is to figure out personally, professionally, spiritually, why was I built like this? I have these two humps on my back. What are they for? I can tell you one thing. They are not for the zoo. I'm a person that gets up early in the morning. I can't sleep. What a terrible thing. I struggle to sleep. That means you're a first minyan guy. You understand? You got me? That thing which is a, a problem is also a tremendous strength. If someone else, you know, they have a, the opposite character trait. Work out how those things support you in your dream, support you in your element. Now, I don't know if this ever happened. You ever read a book? Or you may be watching a, 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 you know, a, 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 a film or a movie, Barmanan, right? You're watching... And you see a character, and the character, you could tell from the beginning that there's something about this person. It has to be that the reason why he's here is because it's so easy to see when you're reading a story. Right? You ever have a, one of those punchline stories, and you saw it coming? Yeah, let's like take a step back. Look at the Megillah. You know, you look at the Megillah. Okay, Achashverosh gets rid of Vashti. Okay, now there's a Jewish lady in the palace. Okay, foreshadow. You're like, okay, I know. she's there for a reason. Something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, Haman wants to kill all the Jews. And now you're like, okay, <laughs> I know why this happened to Esther. I know why Esther's life is so, which took such a horrible turn. I know why she is where she is. I get it. It's easy to see in other people's lives. It's a little bit more difficult to see in your own life. So I want to give you a tool. And this, with this will end. I want you to, as an example, take your own name off of yourself. Tell yourself your own life story. But not as if it's you. There was this guy. He was born in Israel. He moved to Deal. Sephardic guy went to only it was religious schools that were Ashkenaz he went to Ashkenaz Yeshivot and then in Lakewood and then after that he moved to Israel he bumped into this rabbi Rav Berkowitz who teaches people a lot about you know outreach and then he goes to 
Listen to your own story, but as an outsider. Because we're so good at working out everyone else's problems and giving everyone else advice. The biggest challenge comes when we have to give it to ourselves. So be somebody else about yourself. And work out why Gachon, why Arba Raglaim, Olech Al Arba, why Marbe Raglaim. Hashem should bless each and every one of us to be Zocher, to be Mimale, to fulfill our Tafkir in this world. Not just so that we can achieve uh, some great Sachar, great reward in the world to come, but because ultimately, until we are doing what we were designed to do, the gifts that we have are burdens. If you're in a zoo, those two humps on your back, you're carrying them around for nothing. The wings that you could fly, if you're in a zoo trapped in an aviary, right, you can't fly out, those, you're carrying them around all day and you can't even use them. You're, they're purposeless. How many burdens are we carrying, which are our greatest gifts, but we just chose the wrong setting for our greatest gifts to express themselves. May Hashem open up our eyes to see our right, our correct place, um, and through that, Be'ezat Hashem, live fulfilled, happy, and meaningful lives. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.